Hi guys, my name's Nancy. If I have not met you, I'm the lead pastor here at Searchlight. And guess what? I'm excited about today. What else is new? No. <laughs> I just love coming together to fellowship and praise the Lord and to build our faith. And I've really enjoyed this Faith Factor series. If uh, you're new to the series, the series is about helping to build our faith and understand faith a little bit more. And today, the teaching is on believe to receive. Now, faith, if you don't know this, is, is believing. It's to believe. And faith impacts us in huge ways. Last week, we were looking at the fact that how to receive answers to prayer, there are two elements to it. Last week, we covered what's available from God, because what happens is sometimes people pray for things that God doesn't promise and that are not available to pray for, and then they get frustrated and say, where's God, etc. So the, last week, we looked at we want to understand what's available from God. Today, we're going to take a look at the key to receiving any of the promises of God, which is to believe, to have faith, to believe. Now... I don't know if you've ever, there's a lot of misunderstandings about faith. For one, the reason that God made the promises faith is because God gave us free will. God does not want to overstep our free will. So faith is a way of inviting God in. It's like giving God the invitation to say, yes, I'm inviting you into my life. And I, and I believe, I believe that you are able and willing to do what you've promised for me. And, um, oops. Uh, and it's funny because you can't make yourself believe. Have you noticed that? I mean, just think about it. it if, is there anything that you'd want to believe? You could, you know, you can focus, you can concentrate, you know, you can. Sometimes I think, I used to think that it worked that way. I'd even try that. You know, I would just be like, <clears throat> I'd feel like I was trying to squeeze faith. Faith you, is, if you believe something, it comes from trust, and it comes from, you know, like you believe, you sat down today, and you believed that chair was going to hold you up. Why? Because you have had consistent experience, haven't you, most of the time. I doubt, you know, it's happened. It doesn't happen a lot that you sit on a chair and it breaks. Maybe if you did that once, it might traumatize you for a while, and every chair that you sit in for a little while, you might be, is this going to hold me up or not? So faith is trust, and trust is built, and God's okay with that, and God is trustworthy, and God is faithful, so he will stand up to allowing us to walk out to learn to trust him. Uh, I want to take a look at Mark 11, and we are back on the version. If you've got the Bible app on your phone, version, you can put in Faith Factor, you can put in Searchlight Fellowship, you can put in Saratoga, and you'll find today all the scriptures that we're going to do, and you can even take little notes, all kinds of fun things with technology these days. Or if you want, you can just look behind me, and there's the verse. Uh, you can also take notes in your programs. I'm going to give you some ideas of things to meditate on regarding faith today. So let's look at um, Mark 11 in verse 22. It says, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, in verse 23. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, 
he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. <laughs> now, do you think that might be hard to believe? You ever thought about that? You've, you've seen this verse? If you're sitting there and you believe that the mountain will go jump in a lake, that's a little bit difficult to believe. And we had talked about this before that what it's in the context because we've seen the other verses of it's believing what God's promised. What if there's a situation where God is telling you, I want you to move that mountain? It happened to Moses with the Red Sea, right? God spoke to him and said, this is what I'm going to do. Believe it. And he believed the promise of God. That's kind of similar, wouldn't you say, to moving a mountain? That's how God works. If God's promised it, it's God. It's not it is not in the power of your mind. And probably the reason that, one of the reasons that it's hard to think about believing that a mountain will move is because you can read the Bible and there are no promises that says that if you just ask a mountain to move, it'll move. So you do need to know, like we talked about last week, what is available from God. But what if you were in the situation like Moses, God's saying you could tell the mountain to move and God's big enough to do it. He made the mountain, he can move the mountain. That's how big our God is. So, but... What I really want to focus in on, because there's sort of a, what it is, is that there's kind of a figure of speech in a way about this when Jesus is speaking, because he gets that moving a mountain seems crazy and big and huge. And he's saying, whatever it is, what, however big the promise of God is, however impossible, what if it's being healed? What if that's, sometimes that's hard to believe, right? That you could be instantaneously healed. People that are blind that could see or whatever, you know, some, the, the man that was, you know, lame from birth or whatever or blind from birth or any of those things to believe because those can be hard too. God's saying he has the power that how we access the promises of God is through faith. We just believe when we pray and we'll have it. So faith is kind of a big deal, wouldn't you say? So let's take a look at this a little bit more. In, in Matthew chapter 8, but doesn't it make, you know what I like to think about when I read that verse is, you know, it, it still brings me back to the idea, have you ever had a problem that felt like it was too big for God? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like it seemed impossible. We kind of talked about that. Um, as far as God, mission and mission possible. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But that verse always reminds me that no matter what, nothing's too big for God. Matthew 8 and verse 5, it says, Now when Jesus entered Capernaum, and if you ever get to go to Israel, it's really cool because, you know, Capernaum, you can go see Capernaum. There's a synagogue in Capernaum where Jesus taught. So exciting. Uh, <coughs> hopefully we'll get to do a church trip there someday. Yeah. Uh, Matthew 8 and verse uh, 5. He says, when he entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him. And in a centurion, the, it means a hundred. It's a man that's over a hundred men in the military, which is kind of a significant job, being in charge of a hundred men. Uh, prestigious, there's power involved. And he came to him pleading with him in verse 6, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And I have to say, this touches me that a man with that kind of power would even, you just see the guy's heart, 
that he would care so much about his servant that he would go himself. Because often people of power, they just sent messengers. They didn't go themselves. They can't be bothered with that. So the fact that he personally sought out Jesus to help his servant, show, it, just, it just shows you a little bit about the man, doesn't it, in a way? Like his heart and his love that he would care for his servant being um, sick and want Jesus to heal him. And Jesus said in verse 7 to him, I will come and heal him. Because guess what? We, we talked about this before. Jesus, did he ever say no to people when they asked for healing? No. There is not one time that Jesus said, not for you. You know, you've sinned too much. You don't deserve healing. You didn't go to church enough. You didn't give enough money. There is never, ever a time. I just want to reiterate that. Healing is one of those promises that is not conditional on any of our behavior. It's just conditioned by faith. Just keep wanting to repeat that. So <laughs> Jesus says, yes, I'll heal him, because that was always Jesus' answer about healing. It's still Jesus' answer about healing today. It's always Jesus' answer. In verse 8, the centurion answered and said, and this, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. That touches me, too. I mean, this man got who Jesus was so much and was so, that he said, I, he's a powerful man, and he's telling Jesus, I'm not even worthy to, for you to come to my house. You know, so there's a sense of humility in that as well as also the way he looked at Jesus. I like it. And then it, he says, but... Only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those that followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. That's a big statement for Jesus. Jesus was healing people. They had faith all the time. And he was saying, this is like, his faith is so big. And I think about it because how opposite of that where he's saying, no, no, just say the word. I just need to know what's available. Remember, we talked what's available in faith. So we see the two elements here. He definitely had the faith. He just needed to know, is the promise there that he will be healed? Just say it, Lord, and I'll believe it. I want to get my faith to that, don't you? The Lord says it. I'm like, I'm there. You say it, Lord. You know, I, I want to believe it. How opposite of that is people that sit there and go, I want to see something. What's God going to do? I haven't seen anything. You know, kind of entrenched, like, stubbornly, like, I don't want to believe anything. I just want to stay here. Like, I haven't, you know, I never saw God do anything. I never, you know. Part of believing, I get that you can't force faith, but you want to also have a heart that's willing to see, that's willing to believe. We're going to actually take a look at another verse here. Because <clears throat> sometimes, <clears throat> let's go to uh, Matthew 13 and verse 53. It says, <clears throat> pardon me. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed from there. And when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not that the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? 
yeah, we know his family. What's all this that he's talking about? We know this guy. He's nothing. He went back to his own town. And then it says, and, and his brothers, James, oh, Moses, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, aren't they all with us? And where did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. <clears throat> and in verse 58 it says, Now he did not do many mighty works there because of what? Their unbelief. This is Jesus. This, oh, I can't tell you how much this gets to me. It's Jesus. He healed thousands. He was famous for healing thousands. People came from everywhere, and they got healed. Not a one turned away. Not a one not healed. He goes to his own town, and their hearts are so set not to see, not to believe. Cynical, skeptical. Oh, why should I believe that? And they didn't get nothing. It's not because he couldn't. He was willing. He was able. They had their hearts set not to receive what he was there to give. Cynicism is a poison. It's a poison. It interrupts faith. It blocks faith. We want our hearts to be seekers. I'm not saying push towards, you, you can't force yourself to believe, but there's a difference between that and sealing up a big old wall and trenching yourself like stubborn as a goat. I didn't see enough. Why should I believe that? It's protecting our hearts from something, from getting let down. The world will let you down. The world does let you down. But we want to get, we want to at least be seeking faith. If you're not there, if you don't believe, you want to be like the, the guy whose kid was having the fits that said, Lord, help my unbelief. You want, to, we want to be, if we want to have faith, where we're pursuing it, where we desire it, where we go, I don't believe now, but I want it. I want to believe. I want to see. I'm looking. I'm willing. We want our hearts to be willing to see God's work, to expect, to believe that God is a God of miracles. I, I don't want to be these people in his hometown. That just uh, makes me want to cry when I think about it. Imagine Jesus' heart wanting to help his own people. The place he's from, his friends, his loved ones. I, you can imagine Jesus wanting to be there, wanting to minister to the people that he cared about, right? And they're just like, who are you? You're nobody. To the Lord Jesus Christ. You're nothing. So he couldn't do anything there. Sad. Sad to miss the boat. We don't want to be there. We don't want to be, you know. Let's go to James 1. And, uh, gosh, they were even offended by him. Can you, really? What, what were you exactly offended by? That, you know, he claimed God could do miracles through him? Really? That puts you off. Well, righty then. He's claiming the power of God, and they're going, mm. You annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> James 1 and verse 2. My brethren, oh, I love this. 
<laughs> Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Woohoo! Joy, oh joy. Trials, woohoo! In verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Now, I want, and well, actually, I'll read the rest of this verse and then come back. In verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. In verse 6, But let him ask in faith with, with no doubting. For he that doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So, you know, it's really interesting because this is the difference between new faith and mature faith. As a new believer, it's you see God work, you know, you pray at the very beginning, and a lot of times as a new believer you're praying and, and everything's brand new and it's very exciting. It's kind of like being in love in a relationship you know, where it's really high and just like, you know, you could walk on clouds and it's very euphoric. A lot of times our beginning walk with God can be like that. It's all new. You pray for something. God, answer my prayer. Wow, it's so exciting. But as many other things that the Bible speaks about, it's not, it doesn't have root. And so it's easy to doubt and so what this is speaking about, which I love because I've seen it in my life and I've seen it in other people's lives, is that we want to have faith that walks through trials where we see God work, where we don't budge in our faith, where we grow to not be like up and down all over the place. It's possible. It's possible to decide that when things get hard, we don't bolt from God. Or actually, quite frankly, you know, it's funny because usually the devil, where he gets us, is either pleasure or pressure. It's either, oh, some good thing, something shiny over here, take you away from God, ooh, you know, we're over there. Or pressure, you know, the challenges of life, et cetera, that get, those are the devil's big keys of trying to pull us away from God, pleasure or pressure. This is specifically speaking about trials, but we want to get where whether it's pleasure or pressure, whatever the ups and downs of life, that we do not step away in faith and from God, that we still keep God at the center through all of it. As we do that, our faith grows because we see that God can be there for us in every situation. The more you grow and be faithful and see God work and trust God in small things in your life and consistently, you'll have faith for the big stuff. That's what feeds you to go, I've seen God here, and over and over and over and over again, I know God will be there in the big things when I need him. That's what this verse is talking about. We don't want to be tossed all over the place where we're up one minute, down the next, etc. as far as faith goes. We want to get, the more that, the more that we take God into whatever the trials are, It, it gives us stability. Let's go to um, the patience. Uh, patience is perseverance. And then um, let's go to Matthew 17. 
Now, how we build faith, too. Let me kind of talk a little bit about that because we haven't spoken a whole lot about this. Again, part of it is because faith is trust. You build trust by stepping out in small things, seeing God work, making sure that what we're praying for is what's available from God, and we're believing to receive it, believe to receive. It's also like believe that you will receive, right? Believe gets you receiving, but also believe that you're going to receive. So we trust God in smaller things, but also the Bible specifically in the, um, <clears throat> throughout the Bible, but in the book of Acts, that there's five things that as we grow, this kind of relates to the last verse as far as the through trials, five things that build a steadfast st faith that we want, that we have total control over. And so you can't force the actual believing, but you can do things that feed it so that you do believe. So, you know, you're not lying to yourself. Because what doesn't work is lying to yourself. It's not really believing. You know, have you ever, I used to do this as a new, as a new believer, and I just didn't understand. I was very confused because I would sit there, and I would think believing looked like just saying something like, um, I'm going to be healed. And I would say that. I just thought, okay, I'm going to confess it, because the Bible talks about confessing the promises, but I didn't believe it. You know, that's not going to work. But I can say things like, God promises healing. I know God loves me. We can confess what we have seen, right, and what we do know to be God's word. We can speak that. God promises healing. The Bible says, by his stripes I was healed. You can confess that. Even if you don't believe it, you can say, well, the Bible says so. Well, God says so. It builds faith because there's five things that build that we can build faith. In the book of Acts, they did it. And that's why, you notice in the book of Acts, they were miracles, healings, instant healings. People, they had so much faith, those believers, they'd pray for people that were dead and they'd get back up from the dead. We can have, that's not just for the book of Acts. We can live that way now. I've seen that now. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Our God is big. It's the same God today as it was in the book of Acts. Our God is a God of miracles. I've seen instantaneous healings. We can see him more. We can. I believe that. We want to be a community of faith that builds faith. So the five things in Acts that they did faithfully. They read and got into God's word. Hearing the word. That's what I said about this series. Just show up. Your faith will get built because you're hearing God's word. Yeah, you got to do nothing. Just... Drag yourself out of bed and come on Sunday, hear God's word. <laughs> it's also good to crack the book open and read it. So hearing the word, hearing God's word. Also sharing it with others. Sharing God's word with others helps your faith. Saying you could share with somebody else, God promises healing. You could share with others about your life and what God's done for you. Sharing faith is what they did. Because that, the more you speak about, have you ever noticed that? Has anybody here ever shared about their faith, how it built your faith? For many reasons. For one, sharing it with somebody and all of a sudden God's working in their life. Doesn't that blow your mind and you're like, wow, that's pretty exciting. Seeing God work in somebody else's life that you open your mouth to. Woohoo. Um... Prayer. 
Prayer is a big deal. We want to be, I'm a really huge passion, I'm so passionate about prayer. Like there's just like, I can't live without it. It should be like water and oxygen to us. You know, like spending time in prayer. Uh, how many did I do? I'm missing. We got the word, we got sharing faith. <laughs> I'm just talking and losing track here. Uh, giving financially uh, is a faith builder because it's hard to, to separate from your money. You know, money is actually always touches, a, strangely enough, it's really weird that Jesus talked about it. Our hearts are very connected to money. You know, like it says, where your heart is, there shall your treasure be also. So separating that is an act of faith and really trusting that God is God. Otherwise, why would you do something so crazy to separate yourself from your money? So um, what did I miss? Oh, fellowship. We're doing that. (laughs) This is fellowship. How did I miss that? We're right here. (laughs) This builds faith, doesn't it? Being with other believers to love God. You know, it's fellowship feeds your faith as well. So there's five things. There's there's reading the word. There's sharing what God's done for you. There's prayer. There's giving. And there's fellowship. Five things. And so take a look right now. What of those five could you maybe use some growing in? I want you to think about that. What is it right now, as far as feeding your faith, that might be a little bit depleted? Maybe you could kick it up a little bit. To take a look at that. Let's go to, um, so faith, because what happens is the more you do these things, faith will happen. It's, you can't make it happen, but the more you do those things, you'll just start trusting God more. You start believing that God is powerful and that God will do things. Because let's say just even being together fellowship, like just today, did you get reminded God's, of God's goodness a little bit? It's just like, okay, because the world out there is going to beat you down going to say, God's not there for you. Who's God? So it builds faith, expecting that God will be there for you. We want to be speaking faith, too. Coming out, you know, that helps, too. Let's go to Matthew. I already told you to do that. Matthew 17 and verse 20. I love this verse. It says, so Jesus said to them, uh, he's talking about he had withered of, um, oh, this is, well, there's actually two different places. This is actually interesting because it's the same story that he's talking about, the mountain, still using mountains moving. Um, it said, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, and this is um, in the context of healing the, the kid that the, that the dad said, oh, they couldn't heal him, um, that we talked about a couple weeks ago. I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, this is a figure of speech, because mustard seeds, I've got them, because I really want you to see how much faith you need. So if we will pass out, you can take this and try and keep it with you as a reminder. Now, this is going to be really hard to keep track of this mustard seed. I want you to just see, because Jesus says, if you have faith, this much faith, We're going to pass them out. Everybody gets to have a mustard seed. I think I lost mine already. (laughs) I lost my faith. You can take more than one just in case. Because, geez, I think I lost the second one. (laughs) I just love looking at these. This is such a great vivid reminder. We're going to have these all over the floor later. But uh, (laughs) for our cleanup crew. 
Do you see how much, how big this is? Has everybody got one? We're getting there. Jesus said, I just love looking at these. It says, if you have faith as a mustard seed. So this is, is this a lot? This is small. And guess what? In the East, everybody knew what mustard seeds. How many of you saw mustard seeds before? Oh, not just a few. Okay. In, in the East, they really knew the mustard seeds. You know, that a little mustard seed like this would grow a plant that was about 10 feet tall in, in the East. But the point of this is, you think about the figure of speech. What is Jesus emphasizing when he said, if you got faith like this, this thing that we just handed out, does that seem like a lot? It's teeny. It's not quite the smallest seed in the world, but close to it. I think there's one smaller. This is a teeny, teeny seed. So the figure of speech is that it's not in the, that faith, like I say, it's just the invitation to God. The power is actually not in the faith. Sometimes, have you ever gotten really focused on your faith part in a way? Oh, like I don't have enough, I don't have enough, blah, blah, blah. Well, where are you, where are you looking at? You're looking at you, not God. So the figure of speech, in a way, is faith is just the little invitation. It is in the power of God. The power is not in the faith. The faith is just to open the... You do need faith. But it's just a reminder. We want to keep our eyes fixed on God's power. That actually helps us with our faith. That the effort is not... The effort is not in this piece of it, that the effort is in our God who is big, our God that can do the impossible. It's our God that can heal. It's our God that can raise the dead, that can move mountains. We talked about a couple weeks ago, God of the possible. God is a big God. He is mighty. He is able. So it just takes believe to receive. And think about this. So I want, I'm going to close in prayer in a minute, but what I want you to do right now is I want you to pull out your programs and write down or on your phone or wherever. I want you to be thinking right now. There's two questions I have because you want to hear the word. When you hear the word, you always want to do something with it. You don't want to just be here's the word and not doers. So we want to be thinking in terms of whatever God was stirring in your heart today because God's here God's called you to be here. God's speaking to you in this through his word of thinking about next steps. So the first question is, what of one of the five things that builds faith can you grow in? What are some next steps? What is one of those five things, prayer, reading the word, fellowshipping, sharing your faith and giving? What's an area, or if there's more than one, you can write that down. An area that you would like to grow in, that you could take some steps, to be thinking about what are your next steps that would help you to grow. And then, my second thing for you, is to write something, a promise of God, that you do believe right now, that will that you can tell yourself and others. 
just something that would help you move towards what it is, you know, because we all have things that we're not, if you think about it, where's, there's areas that we, our faith is maybe not the greatest, right? But what are some things that will help you move towards that? God loves me. Uh, you know, it's just when I needed healing, part of what helped me is just going, God loves me. God wants me healed. That just helped to say that. Say it in my prayer life. Tell other people. God cares about this part of my life. So some promise of God that you can speak to yourself and others. Those are two things. Next week, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about faith in finances. Because God does care about our finances. God is not just a spiritual God that thinks that we're just all dwelling up in the clouds all the time. He knows that there's real life situations. And sometimes money's a struggle, isn't it? It could be a challenge. It's hard to have faith that God's going to provide. Next week we're going to talk about that, that God cares about physical things. So we're going to talk about faith in finances next week. So you can have big faith in that department. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for your goodness and for your love. Um, Help us to grow in our faith, Lord. Help us because... We want to believe what you've promised. You've promised so many wonderful things in your word. I know that so often that we focus on ourselves and our own limits and not on how big you are, God. That you are a God that can do the impossible. You are a God of miracles. And you love us and you're for us and you want to answer our prayers. You want to bless us. Help us, Lord, to believe, to receive, to believe that you want to give, that you want to bless us. Help us to grow in that faith, Lord. And help us in this week where where we have doubts, where maybe there's cynicism or skepticism that comes in, to come against that, to say, no, I'm going to believe my God loves me. No, I'm going to believe God can be for me. No, I believe my God has caused me to be victorious. I believe my God has made me more than a conqueror. That we can come against it with your promises, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.